This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast. What is your name? Nils Paulson. How do you spell that? <laughs> you spell it N-I-E-L-S. Mm-hmm. And then Paulson, that's P-O-U-L-S-E-N. Hmm. I get my name spelt in many, many different ways. Hmm, I imagine. <laughs> and pronounced so. in many different ways as well. Where are you from? I'm from Denmark. Um, so what would be the way that you would pronounce it there? Nils Poulsen. Oh, there's a little hole in the <laughs> People always say that it sounds like I'm, I've got a potato in my mouth. Interesting. <laughs> what is your primary role in the line dance community, would you say? Um, I've actually got different roles, uh, you know, because uh, when I, s- I started just like everybody else, like, a, a, you know, as a dancer, and then I became an instructor. And I very often still see myself as an instructor. Just by chance, I became a choreographer. Um, I had an event, I think it was like, I think it was 15, 20 years ago. Um, I was organizing the event with uh, my friends back home, and Darren Bailey. He came to the event, and he was in the middle of choreographing a dance with these eyes. Mm. And he said, I don't really know what to do with this. And uh, so, you know, and then he showed me the, 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 the parts that he'd done already. And I said, oh, my God, I love it. And then he said, but I'm stuck here. I, don't, I really don't know what to do. And I said, why don't you do this and this and this and this? And all of a sudden, I was a choreographer. <laughs> so... So my role, what I do, I teach line dancing. I, I've got 13 classes back home, yes. I am a choreographer as well. And then I also teach uh, other instructors how to teach. So I do uh, instructor courses, and I've been doing that for 15 years. I do uh, level one, two, three, four, five. Uh, so I'm actually kind of responsible for all the, uh, the instructors back home in Denmark. Wow. So, you know, I, I do different things. So, so therefore, my role, I've got many roles in uh, in, in line dancing. Well, this is probably a huge question, but I'm very curious what it is that you focus on with the instructor training, because I don't think we know any other instructor trainers at the moment. Oh, okay. Um, well, basically, it's to, to structure uh, the way of, of teaching. Uh, so there's, kinda, there's like uh, the technical aspects of, of being an instructor, how to actually start a teach, how to introduce your, yourself, your, your teach, your dance, how to get it started, how to count in, how to use numbers, how to use words, how to combine them, how to call ahead, like shuffle one and two, rock three, four, rather than doing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Because if you only do numbers, uh, people, uh, and if people can't remember the steps, that kind of suck. <laughs> it kind of sucks because, you know, uh, uh, they will fail because they, they will still need uh, the steps as well. So, th- so, so many technical aspects, as well as also being um, a personality, how to be yourself. Um, so, so many things, uh, technical things, but also um, like the more human uh, sides to it. Manners. I teach, uh, I, I always tell them, remember your manners, remember your manners, and remember that. Uh, people uh, do this in their pastime, so uh, they have to have fun. They must have fun while, while if they come to you, uh, to your classes. So it's very important to, t- to treat people uh, nicely and, uh, yeah, remembering your manners. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious about the, the personality aspect, because uh, the, there, there, there definitely do seem to be 
uh, you know, different sort of flavors of instructor where there are the folks who just have their normal life and then they also teach dance that's like part of mm-hmm. their, their real life. But then there are the people where they show up and it, like Rebecca, she just seems like she's this whole other entity. Rebecca Lee or mm-hmm. Madison Glover, they, you know, they're poised, they're, they're presentable, mm-hmm. uh, they, they seem like they've got everything together and you know, they're amazing instructors and choreographers as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything that you would suggest for translating a person um, into that world from the world of just you know, normal, we teach at a bar on Thursday nights kind of people? like us <laughs> wow that's a big question um, how can I well it's again it's, it's all about to me it's very uh, important to rem- remember your manners uh, it's very important to socialize uh, not just appear at an event and then do your teachers but remember to always go around to say hello to people and how are you doing trying to remember people's names as well um, very often when, when, I, uh, when I travel, I actually go on Facebook and I, okay, so I'm teaching in this city and sometimes I also ask uh, the event uh, organizers before, before time, uh, so who's going to be there? So trying to remember uh, everybody's names, so um, yeah, so, so you become, um, well, so you're, you're in, in the moment with people. Um, and, and trying to be there with them and for them. That's mm. very important. With all the classes that you teach, how, how is it that you're able to um, keep each one feeling like special, like you're there with that class? You're not thinking about six other classes that you have during the week, you know, but you're there with them. Um, well, I, 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 I've always seen line dancing uh, I wouldn't say as an escape, but the minute that you're doing it, I I go into my own little world. Um, so so it's not escaping, but it's just you know when music and dancing when 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 they come together, uh, I forget about everything around me. So I, I don't I forget about all my worries if I have any any back home or whatever. And uh, I think. Because of music and dancing together, um, I think that makes me focus on people in the moment. Uh, so I don't really think ahead of time. Mm. So it, it, I guess it, it, it's really very simple. It's just the dancing and music together. It makes me forget about the next class. And do you have any role models that you look up to for you know, how they behave and how they teach and choreograph? and? Uh, what have you specifically learned from them that you apply in your own teaching and dance life? Rachel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, Rachel in, in many ways, uh, Guyton in, in many ways, um, Scott in many ways, Roy Donk in many ways, uh, Simon Ward in many ways. Uh, um, uh, because of because of all their different personalities and, and what they've uh, uh, given to, to the line dance world. Uh, Rachel for being the, the, the package, for, for, for looking stunning, for just being a, an amazing teacher, an amazing choreographer, an amazing dancer, uh, for being a sweetheart and um, for being very professional, being very dedicated. Uh, when you work with her, 
she, she's, it's like she pushes that button um, and then bam, she's there in the, in the moment and she's so good at that. Guidance for being so creative and being so over the top crazy and, and, and pushing uh, the limits. Scott for for having pushed the limits from you know from way back when he started. Oh, Joe Thompson, of course. How can I forget Joe? For being such a sweetheart and uh, like like Rachel, she's she's the package. Uh, she, they they all and, and they all have such an ear for for music as well. Um, Roy, Roy Fedonk in Europe for, for for pushing the limit for 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 adding the. I've I've taken a lot of technique classes from from Roy. Roy is like he's got he's like two personalities. One when he's a social dancer, and then one when he's a technique trainer. Oh my God! Yeah. He can whoop your ass. Sorry for the expression, but he is he is and he's so knowledgeable and he's so clever and. Uh, Oh my God! You should. You, have you ever worked with him? Well, not work. We've uh, taken a private technique from him. Oh, and you we've did. Taken and we've obviously danced with him at uh, Vegas Dance Explosion. All oh, right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yes, I understand what you mean by when you take a technique lesson yeah. from him. Yeah. And then at the same time, he, he's a he's a great guy, and you know. Um, yeah, so he's definitely also one of my role models. Uh, I don't hope I've forgotten anyone because I don't want to offend anyone. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of you know all the all the big names. Uh, they've been my my role models. I've known them personally since like 2000, 2001, when I started competing because I competed as well. Mm-hmm. I, com- I started competing back in two thousand and one, and that was actually when I saw Roy Fedonk the first time. I saw Tom Mickers. I saw Lee Easton. Um, Roy had Sobroto. Oh my God, how can I forget Roy had Sobroto? <laughs> Oh, he is just amazing. I took a technique class from him only last week, uh, a funky technique class, and I was just, oh, my God, he is so talented. He is amazing. And, and you know, you've seen him uh, perform, and he's so good. And he's so funny at the same time, and he's such a good guy as well. And then he's so funny watching when he eats. Right. Have you ever seen that? Should I say that? <laughs> <laughs> we use knife and fork, fork, and, you know, he uses a spoon, and it's just amazing. <laughs> Sorry, Roy, for saying that. He will he will laugh if he hears this. Yes. And you mentioned Simon in your long list. Is there anything specific from Simon that uh, that you've picked up in in your personality at all? Do you think? <laughs> okay, I, I think I know why. <laughs> I think you're going to push that. Well, uh, no, I was just the tr- crazy button. Yeah, like yes. you're fearless. You you get out there. Yes, yeah. I mean Simon and I, we we clicked uh, the very first time we met each other. I think we met each other ten, twelve, fifteen years ago. Um, it, it was like you know two brothers, and and we just hit it on uh, immediately, and uh, also coming out and all these things. Uh, um, so we, we shared um, we shared many uh, many of, of the same things, uh, and we like to surprise people. We like to do all the silly things, and uh, we like to do it together. And uh, yeah, so so he, he's such a good friend of mine. And so and we, uh, I actually texted him last night uh, just to say I'm so ready for Blaze of Glory, and I sent him a, a picture of me, you know, when I dressed up and all that. And, and he went like, go, sister. <laughs> 
So, yeah, so in many ways we, we are uh, very much alike uh, out there. I, I, I wouldn't say I'm as crazy as Simon. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be hard to yeah. keep up. That would be hard. Yeah. That would be hard. Uh, one thing I would say, though, about Simon, even if he's out there crazy, he's got such a good heart and he is clever. He is such a clever guy. So, uh, so even if he appears to be crazy, there is so much great about, uh, you know, behind, behind him and he's, he's a clever guy. So, yeah. I think it was Windy City last year. It was getting later in the night and he'd, he'd had, you know, whatever it was that he had to, to consume over the course of the night. And water? Oh, yeah. Very strong, flavorful water. Uh, <laughs> and I think it might have been Louis DJ and just bringing out some of these older ones. Wasn't sure if he would even remember them. But he goes out there, and he's got perfect posture and extension and you know, very <laughs> almost like, uh, like the, you know, the trotting of a horse, very muscular legs. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't expect that anybody could have the experience of the event that he had and still just Stand knock out everybody <laughs> off, yeah, yeah, off the floor with like the, the way he moves mm-hmm. and his memory yeah. and, uh, yeah, just his form. Well, I, I guess it's because Simon, he's been around for many years. I'm not saying he's old. I'm just saying that he's been around for many years. And, and some of his dancers, they have been, you know, they are, they are, they are so huge. And I'm, and I'm sure that he's done them like thousands of times. So in whatever state he's in, uh, he can still remember them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when you're collaborating with other choreographers, how does that work? Because you're in Denmark, so I imagine they can't all be in person. Yeah. Uh, what... What is it that you do to make things fit together as well as they do? Um, personally, I definitely prefer to be in the same room uh, as the choreographers. Um, I like to, you know, I like to to see their body um, moving. So you know, and it, it just has to be it has to be correct for me. Um, I I have I I do get people uh, you know asking me if I want to choreograph with them and I would typically say no if I'm not in the same room as them and and then at the same time you know I've got my own personal favorites to to work with also because I know them and we've got the same taste or we uh, it's like yin and yang coming together you know I represent perhaps one part and they would represent another part uh, um, so, uh, you know, many things, but, you know, typically I would have to uh, uh, be in the same room. But also, I, I need to know about them. I need to know about their dance background. I need to know how they, how they would typically move. Um, s- because that way it just becomes so much easier. Uh, you know, uh, recently I've been working with Shane, Shane McKeever. I was going to say, yeah, those yeah, are a couple two of times. And Shane expect. and I, uh, we understand each other. Bam, like that, and you know, and, and very important with Shane, with Simon, Rachel, blah blah blah. We don't take ownership uh, of the music. We don't take ownership of of the steps that we do. If somebody comes up with something better, uh, it's always like, yeah, I really really like that. Like that. Let's do that. So so that's very important when when working together with uh, with others. So and because you know I've been around for. <clears throat> a couple of years, uh, I, I know who to, to work with and who are very easy to work with uh, in that way. So that's very important for me, not taking ownership and not being bitchy and, you know, just, you know, letting, you know, go with the flow. Mm-hmm. 
and, and also for the sake of the dance and to, to get the most out of the dance and the music. That's what matters. Like uh, recently with uh, Blaze of Glory, so Simon contacted me. Uh, we talked about the music. We picked the music. We wanted you know, like a, uh, a, a different kind of nightclub. Um, and he said, can you fiddle with the steps uh, first? So I actually did the first 16 counts of the dance, more or less. I sent them to Simon, and he, he, he came back to me saying, yes, that's really good. Now, when we meet in, in the UK, let's work on them. Um, and we fiddled, or we changed them just slightly. Uh, and then uh, we were sharing with Shane just by, you know, we, we didn't know. So Shane and, and Simon and I, we were sharing uh, a room together at Eurodance in, in the UK. And uh, so Shane, he got involved. We did the dance. And it was like, yeah, this is, this is kind of okay. Uh, and we liked certain parts really, really well. You know, it was bam, really, really good. But there were certain parts we weren't really happy with. And then Simon, he grabbed uh, Fred, and Freddie came in. He was like a magician. That was so cool. He came into the room, and we demoed what we had, and he said, hmm, that part looks a little bit too busy. We need to slow it down. So, da 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 bum, he fixed that. And then there was another part, da 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 bum, and then he fixed that, and then, da 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 bum, and then, yes, that's it. So, um, yeah, that, you know, uh, the, the, these, these three guys, Fred and, and Shane and Simon, spectacular. So amazing to work with. Yeah. And you mentioned that um, different people bring uh, in different styles, and it helps when, when you have compatible tastes. What would you say your tastes tend to be, and what, what would you say your style is? I like everything. Um, it's dead easy for me to do nightclubs. It, it's dead easy for me to do rolling eights. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's dead easy, but I, uh, it, for some reason it just comes uh, so natural. But I actually like funky as well. Funky and uh, nightclub and, and you know, waltz uh, rolling eights, they're actually my favorites. Um, I love funky. I really love funky. And I, I think a lot of people actually don't know that about me. But I love funky. So you know, like I did Lady Luck uh, years ago, and um, I've done other funky dances as well. So funky and all the smooth uh, types, but I love West Coast as well. I like East Coast swing, also from the from a technical point of view because I've taken so many classes. Uh, so East Coast, West Coast, nightclub, cha cha, and uh, you know all the different styles. So I really like uh, all of the different styles, but. Somehow, some of my nightclubs and rolling eights, they seem to, to, to do better than some of my other dancers. So I don't know if, if they are my forte. I don't know. Hmm. They might be. And just out of personal curiosity, because it's one of my favorite dances, is there any story behind something in the water? How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, something in the water. I heard, uh, I actually heard the music. Uh, I think it was on the radio. Um, and then I went online, I went on Copernop to see if there was uh, any dances to it. And there was actually one dance out to, to the track already, but there wasn't any videos. And I hadn't heard of it, so I was thinking, uh oh, should I do this? Because I really want to be respectful of, of any choreographers, uh, you know, no matter if it's a big name or not a big name. Um, 
I don't want to step on, on, on other choreographers' toes. But I, just, I said to myself, yeah, I think I'm going to do this because I really, really like the track. Uh, it's very catchy, and I, I counted it out. And all, no text, no restarts, and it had some some highlights uh, in the music that I wanted to hit. Um, so I thought, yeah, I'm just going to go for it. And it actually only took me 20 minutes uh, to, to choreograph that. And man, that <laughs> that really uh, kicked something off. Uh, and practically everywhere I go, still. And this is eight or nine years ago now that I choreographed it. I still do it. So, so that dance uh, has taken me to many countries. Yeah, I teach it to my senior class at uh, Brookdale Senior Living. Mm-hmm. Well, There's you know, I, uh, I still it. teach it to my classes. Yeah. And, and everywhere I go, people know it. So, yeah. I think we've used it as a couple floor splits for different <laughs> yeah, songs. Me too. too. <laughs> yeah, I, I do that as well. When I put on events, uh, so I've got like the main dancers and then I've got all the floor splits and typically uh, something in the water. Uh, I use that as a floor split for like two, three, four, five dancers. So, yeah. Because, I mean, it's, it's, it's one that everybody can do. Now, as somebody who has been all over the world, we're still learning about this aspect and, and uh, figuring out how to make things easier for ourselves travel-wise. What what do you do to make the weekend after weekend after weekend lifestyle smoother as far as how you find food and uh, you know your sleep schedule, uh, keeping fitness a part of it, uh, uh, staying in contact with people from you know, home or friends and family? Uh, is there anything that you make sure to do so that your life still feels like it's normal and under control and not out of whack? Well, first of all, my life is normal. <laughs> um, well, it's not normal compared to the life I had uh, before I started this or be- before I started traveling. I will say, though, I love my life. I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed. Uh, I'm very honored um, to be doing what I'm doing and to be, uh, you know, invited out to do all these events. Uh, so, so that's a very big part of it. Uh, having said that, I, I try to take care of myself. Um, flying, uh, I love flying, but it's also a little bit of a problem, and particularly if, if I go to America or if I go to Asia because I really suffer from jet lag. Um, so I arrived in the US now five days ago and I've taken sleeping pills every night uh, to adjust myself. So that's really, uh, that, that's kind of like a killer for me. But I, I still do it uh, because I need to be awake during the day. So I, I need my sleep. So I, like now I need to be alert. I need, you know, when I teach, I can't be yawning on stage, no way. I need to be professional, so I actually take sleeping pills to do that. Also, I try to always pick the same airline um, um, because that way, you know, you, you get points and you, you might get an upgrade. And uh, because I'm a frequent flyer, um, if there's a cancellation, I will always be the first one that they pick to to go on the next flight, so I'm not going to miss my my event. So that way, uh, you know, I, I do that for myself, but also I actually do it for the organizers. Uh, can you imagine if I um, 
if I was flying with like three or four different airlines and, and one, uh, one gets cancelled, um, yeah, what, what to do then, you know, and nobody will look after me because I'm just one out of many. But now because I always, nearly always use the same uh, airline or the same alliance, they will always take care of me. We actually uh, just experienced the cancellation last week coming home from Pikes Peak Line Dance or Bust, mm -hmm. and it was one of the last flights of the day, so there was nothing immediately after it. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a, a next flight per se. So they put us on one that was midday the next day. Well, they mm -hmm. didn't put us on one. Oh, no, we, we actually had to do it. Uh, now that I think about it, they, they offered just reimbursement. or And they, they couldn't put us on one of theirs because their next flight was Thursday to mm -hmm. the same destination. Mm -hmm. So we, uh, we booked for the next one. They're going to send us checks to cover that. But then that one was overbooked. So we go, we go <laughs> to the next one, and that one was also overbooked, but we were able to get in just under. So unfortunately, whoever else w w was on the list had to take the next next one. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that, uh, that was unexpected. Yeah, uh, 24 hours in the Denver airport is... Uh, Wow. Yeah, not as not as ideal as someone might imagine. A lot of people sleeping against the yeah, corners well, and, and you know that's actually a, another thing. You know, so w before uh, actually picking um, or or choosing uh, my flights, I look at the layovers as well because I want as short a, uh, a flying time as possible. But at the same time, I need to take into consideration that the first flight might be a little bit late, so. Yeah, and you know, getting into America, you have to go through customs, you have to stand in line, you have to wait, so you have to take into consideration that you know there has to be a certain time, like a like a like an elastic. So, at least two hours, but five hours, I would never, I would or hardly ever uh, go for a flight where there's a five a five hour layover between two flights. So, so that way, you know, I try to take care of myself. Uh, back home, I, I try to eat, eat, uh, you know, good food. Uh, I try to, you know, I, I run a couple of times a week if possible. You know, I, try, I go to the gym uh, whenever possible. So uh, I, I try to, to stay fit and, and take care of myself. Also because, you know, at the end of the day, dancing is, is a visual thing for people when they watch you. So it might be a physical thing for us when we do it. But for the other people, it's actually a visual thing. So therefore, I, t I try to take care of myself. And that was one of the things that I actually learned from Rachel, to be presentable and always think about uh, the clothes that you wear. It's not that, you know, that, I, that I want to be like a fashion model or anything like that, but just look presentable and think about your, um, your visuals. Yeah, because if the people behind you have to look at you for an yeah, hour, you've got absolutely. a big like, stain on your shoulder, and you think that that's okay, then yeah. you're putting them through that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's very important. Also, another thing that you have to consider is that uh, people, you know, they're using their the mobile phones all the time, and they post videos of you online, and if you forget, you know, that, okay, so this is actually going to be posted on Facebook and on YouTube, um, hmm, you might regret it afterwards, so, yeah. So it's part of your profile. It's part of your part of your image as well. So so yeah, being presentable, but sometimes also like last night, being a little bit crazy. Uh, so so people see different sides of you uh, that you can switch from from one personality to another, <laughs> but still being professional though. 
Yeah, I find that uh, the performances, especially like the ones uh, that we had last night, really humanize the people on staff. Because when you're, especially for us, when you're new to the scene, people who are up on the stage seem like these otherworldly figures, like larger than life. And, And when you see them willing to do strange things with jump ropes or you know, whatnot, then you're like, oh, okay. So they don't think they're like, you know, better than us or anything like that. They're just, they're here to have a good time like everyone else. Yeah. And it puts you more at ease as just one of the normal people like us. Yeah. Well, you know, it was actually something that we talked about afterwards that we, we actually enjoyed it uh, because there was no rehearsal. We didn't have to take away uh, time, you know, when when arriving and looking at the schedule. Okay, so we're teaching here and there and there, and then we have to practice for the show at that time, and you know, spend like two hours, three hours every day doing that, and and not socializing and blah 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 blah. So so that way it was very easy. Um, having said that, also a little bit humiliating because we felt stupid on the floor, mm-hmm. but it was it was great fun though, great fun. Yeah. So it looked fun. Yeah, it was great fun, and I'm not saying that I don't like to do the shows uh, uh, when I go to other events. Uh, I was I just went to the marathon, um, uh, you know, Scott's uh, Scott's event, uh, and uh, I was actually playing uh, the 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 main uh, the lead, uh, the Mad Hatter, mm. and oh my God, that was a lot for me to take in. Um, and I said to Scott, Scott, how can you? How can you make me do this? And I just hated it. But when we actually did the show, I was loving it. And so afterwards, I said to Scott, well, you pushed me, really. You pushed me way over my limit. Uh, uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, I actually loved it. So, yeah, so it's, it's all different experiences. Um, but this one in, in Portland, uh, where we are now, uh, totally different, totally different. And I like that we didn't have to practice beforehand mm-hmm. and just go on the floor and then be silly. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you bring with you, uh, maybe physically or figuratively, to different events that m- makes you feel more prepared? Because I, I know that uh, now that you know, we've had two events back-to-back that we've attended, we kind of have a, an idea of what we like to pack in addition to your... Uh, under things and toiletries and dance shoes, corrective lenses. I'm starting to still look at things like bring a couple protein bars because you don't know where you're going to get protein, <laughs> especially in the gift shop. You get like a, a Snickers at best. And um, I'm wondering, is there anything that you bring with you? Uh, oh, uh, and also we bring a cheat sheet of floor splits just in case. A, a pardon? A what? Uh, a cheat sheet of floor splits just in case because you never know when you're going to need a good floor split. What is that? I don't want that. So, oh, it's like a beginner dance that you can do to another, like let's say, um, for example, when they had uh, Do That Thing by Max Perry, the Amatos. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, the floor split for that was John O'Lieberman's 16-count version of Do It Like This. That way the floor stays busy and the people who don't know one of them can do the other one. So uh, it's good to just kind of have that in your back pocket, uh, either, again, physically or figuratively, but ours is printed out. just to be prepared for whatever should occur at that event. Some people bring props just in case this certain dance gets played. Is there anything that you bring uh, with you to different places just in case? <laughs> um, I always make sure to bring my laptop with, uh, with all my dancers on mm-hmm. because different event, different favorites of mine. 
And sometimes when I go to the event, I realize, uh-oh, so, so these guys, they want me to do that one and that one of my old dances. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't remember. Laptop, where are you? I need to go and find the step sheet and read it through and practice. I actually did that last night mm. because I knew that there were some of the people here in Portland that wanted to do uh, one of my older dances, uh, the Stroma Dance. Stroma Dance, I figured it would be that the, one. The Stroma yeah. Dance. And one. I only do it like a couple of times every year. And I... I almost, you know, I, it's like I, I know it 90 or 95%, but just those last 5%, I had to be sure. So I ran to the, ran upstairs and, you know, opened my, my, my laptop and, and, and just read through, the, read through the step sheet and then I got it. And yeah, so, so my, my computer is very, very important for me. Uh, but other than that, I don't really bring anything special. Yeah, I, I bring my little, my little Bluetooth speaker for practice mm. and sometimes like now I'm sharing with Joey uh, so what do we do yesterday so Joey he says to me so we actually going to do several events together uh, over the next six months why don't we do a dance together so there I had my little Bluetooth speaker so we started choreographing so Joey and I were actually in the middle of choreographing a new dance together very cool yes so that what ha- that's that it actually happens very often when you share a room with uh, some of the other choreographers, um, because we go to many of the same events. So next event we get with Rachel, just request <laughs> stuff the suggestion box with uh, Megan and I can sleep on the floor. <laughs> Do you have any questions, Megan? Um, yeah, actually, a, a few came to mind um, because you travel not only over in the UK, but also internationally for you. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the differences you see between how the US event directors run their events versus the UK and like certain things that you see about maybe there's more themes at one or less themes or um, just difference between the two? Because uh, obviously we haven't hopped the pond yet. Well, I would say it, it all depends on the size of, of the events. Uh, in America, when you go to, to some of the big events like, like this one in Portland, or you go to Windy City, or you go to Fitz, or you go to Boston, or wherever, you know, some of the big events, or Vegas, uh, there are always themes and there are always shows. Always a show in America. And that's something that we don't have in Europe. It's just social dancing always. So that is totally different um, when going to the big events in America. But if, for instance, if I get a booking and it's in America and it's just me, it's just going to be social dancing. But the minute you bring together a lot of choreographers uh, at the big events, there's always a show in America. Hmm. And there are never shows in, in the UK or um, well, there is actually one in, in France, uh, an, an event called Festiline. Mm-hmm. That one th- is, is a very, uh, you can actually compare that to, to, to some of the big events in America. And, and they do have shows. Uh, apart from that, I don't really recall any of the others in Europe having shows. Sometimes, you know, back in the days when we went to Asia, uh, they also did shows. Um, but there are not a lot of uh, events in Asia anymore. Back, you know, like from 2000 up to 2010-ish, there were a lot of events in, in Asia, but not as many uh, uh, as before. So, so the shows definitely uh, um, very. Um, that's that's a that's a big difference. 
Uh, also in America, when you go to the big events, dancing continues till very late. <laughs> Whereas in Europe, uh, typically they, they, they will finish, you know, if it's just a small event, they would finish at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, perhaps 12 midnight, bam, and that's it. So you see, that's a big difference. But this is, again, when you go to the big events in America, they continue until, well, it's just dance till you drop. Well, yeah, last night I think it was 4.03 is when we closed the ballroom. Well, there you go. You know, I went to bed, was it 3? <laughs> and uh, so, again, so a- another thing, it's, it's really tough when you come from abroad, uh, when you travel. Sometimes when I come to America, I actually uh, leave on a Thursday. I arrive Thursday evening, and then I arrive actually just one hour before the event starts. I typically get to the hotel around 7 or 8 o'clock, and, you know, that's when, when the, the event starts. And then there's a time difference, and the event goes on till 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, and then you have to add 6 or 7 hours, sometimes 8, 9 or 10 hours for me. So when I go to bed at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> one of the American events is actually like 10 or 11 in the morning back home, and I'm like, <laughs> so tired. <laughs> so that is definitely one thing that's different, you know, the, the late night dancing and, and the shows in America at the big events. So. Okay. Um, so what are some of the differences between the events in the UK? So like, for instance, I know Stoke is definitely geared more towards the advanced level yeah. dances. Yeah. Um, obviously, Crystal Boots is its own entity. Yeah. But um, like, for instance, here, uh, some of the things that I've experienced is, for instance, Fitz is you're going to go and have a party and you're yeah. going to have a good time, yeah. whereas you know, something more like uh, Vegas is where you get all these just instructors galore because you have so many U.S. as well as so many international instructors, and it's a week long. So it's Mm -hmm. like there's a very big difference between those two events. Um, What's some of the differences that you've noticed with, like, the U.K. and just maybe even Australia or anything of those kind of events? Um, I would say it, it really depends where you go in uh, in Europe, uh, also in, in the UK. Uh, different events cater for different levels, uh, different kind of music and styles. Um, obviously, like you mentioned, Stoke is is geared towards more the higher levels. But, I w- but in Stoke, they also do a lot of mainstream. Uh, New Line, Newcastle with Big Dave... Definitely also uh, one that, uh, that's geared towards uh, the, the, the higher level uh, dancers. So those two, they, to me, they actually they stand out as weekend events in, in the UK, uh, catering for, for more like the advanced crowd. Um, but at the same time, you know, sometimes when I go to uh, one-day workshops in the UK, uh, they do a lot of advanced uh, dancers as well. Um, Denmark, actually... Uh, caters for a lot of advanced uh, dancers as well. Uh, so we have a lot of advanced uh, dancers in, in Denmark. Sweden as well. I would say Sweden and Denmark and the UK are a lot of advanced dancers. Uh, I started going to France, I think, 10, 12 years ago. And France is really picking up. They are, oh my God, you know, when I, when I went there, I remember teaching a nightclub and there was they were thinking, oh my God, what is this? But now they, they just swallow the nightclubs so fast mm-hmm. and they do funky. and So yeah, uh, a lot of different countries, different styles, but uh, they're, they're definitely picking up uh, on, 
in terms of level, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then one of the my favorite, more personal side questions is, do you have what I like to call a guilty pleasure? So, for instance, some people are really hardcore foodies and they <laughs> love <laughs> their food. Hi, Scott. Um, <laughs> other, but myself, for instance, I'll get home and I'll binge watch an entire TV sh- series or something like that when, you know, it's like you just kind of want that guilty pleasure where it's like you can just do you. Um, do you have anything like that? I think, uh, uh, didn't Gemma say something about her dogs, I believe? She loves spending time with her dogs. Mm-hmm. So just something like that. Do you have anything that you like to do at home? Yeah, you know, uh, one well, because my life is is uh, sometimes so full on with what I do, and because I travel and because it's uh, like so one hundred percent, I like to go in the in the total opposite direction. So when I come back home, I do nothing. I I I'm, I, I like to be what do you call it a, a potato couch, couch couch potato, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And just chill, and then watch sports. One of my favorite sports, that's tennis. <laughs> I love tennis. So yesterday, I don't know if you noticed, I was a female tennis player. Yes. <laughs> I was Caroline Wozniacki in 20 years' time. Caroline oh. Wozniacki, do you know of her? I don't. She, she's actually number two in the world right now. And uh, yeah, she's blonde, she's got long hair, she's got that, that ponytail, and... Uh, so and she's actually her boyfriend is from America. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she's uh, he's an ex uh, basketball player. He's like I don't know seven. <laughs> he's so tall. But anyway, so yeah, I, I love just you know chilling and do nothing. I've got a dog as well. I've got a Chow Chow. Uh, yes, I love I love her. What's her uh, name? Her name is uh, Daisy. Daisy. Aw, that's <laughs> cute. <laughs> um. So one other thing, just curiosity, is there anything that would shock someone if they found out about you? Like, for instance, like, for instance, I, you know, it's kind of along the lines of the guilty pleasure, but like any secret talents or anything like, um, for instance, I was actually surprised that you had never even heard of the soft drink we call root beer. Because apparently, you know, it's it's one of my favorite go-to soda drinks. Mm-hmm. So, like something like that. So, you know, is there anything like that that maybe might surprise someone? Wow, I don't know. <laughs> Can you juggle? <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't really have any any special uh, talents, and uh, I wouldn't say that. Um, no. I can't really think of anything. <laughs> Sorry right. about that. No, fair enough. <laughs> I'm not sure if this is the right country, but do you eat lutefisk, if that's what it's called? A what? It's, <laughs> I don't know. It's a, a, it's a Scandinavian fermented fish. Oh, yeah, the herring? Something like that. Yeah. Yes, I, I do actually eat that, yeah. Huh. And what do you think of it? Um, it's not my favorite, <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it's actually is because it's part of our culture, uh, it's actually also part of uh, certain uh, periods uh, of time, you know, during the year. So we have it uh, for Christmas. We have it uh, at Easter time. So, so yeah, it, it's, it's very typical. And then we have it 
It's like a flatbread. We spread butter and then uh, the herring and then some capers and then some 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 onion rings and some mayo on top and then we have snaps to go with it. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's part of our culture and I think being part of our culture, that's one of the reasons why I do it. But it's not my favorite uh, <laughs> favorite food for sure. Oh, yeah, speaking of culture, we are very interested in seeing this, uh, even just going to different country bars and seeing, like, one of their favorites just fill the floor. People are, like, shouting along at certain lyrics, and and then you go everywhere else and no one's doing that dance, yeah. but they love it. Are there any classics for other areas that you've been that don't really spread beyond that area. Like, uh, I know, for example, like black coffee would be huge if you put that on in the UK somewhere. Uh, we we requested it last night, one person did it with me in the all-request room, because mm-hmm. it's just a different culture, you know, different mm-hmm. history, different line dance timeline. Mm-hmm. So is there anything out there that uh, that you've seen, that you've you've seen people fall in love with, but only there? Well, again, a difficult question. Um, well, you know, looking at my own country, uh, Scooter Lee, actually, she was very, very popular uh, back in the days, and a lot of uh, uh, a lot of the line dancers they still remember some of uh, of the old Scooter Lee dancers, like uh, Shade Boogie. Huh, that, that's interesting because we, we will see like Dizzy all over the place, but yeah. we never see Shade Boogie. Yeah, well, yeah. Dizzy. In certain areas in Denmark, but Jade Boogie, everybody can do that. Interesting. Yeah, and of course Tush Push, Tush Push. <laughs> that's that's like a a must do dance everywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. But Dizzy, not as much. I know that in the UK, Dizzy is, is still very popular, and it's uh, is always being played. Also at the New Line events, by the way. They still do this. They do a lot of the, the classics uh, at all the new line events because you know a lot of the new liners they used to do these dances, so it's like going back in time, and they still love them. Mm-hmm. So, but that's actually very typical for for a lot of the, the new line events. Uh, they do, they will do anything, mm-hmm. anything, anything goes, and I think that's also one of the reasons why I love new line mm-hmm. because there are no barriers, uh, so you, you can do anything. Which is like a classic, like a Dizzy or Jade Boogie, and then you can go into one of Guyton's crazy uh, arm dances. Uh, mm-hmm. So, but uh, you know, and uh, nobody would look down upon that that fact that we can do uh, such different dances at at the same event. And we don't see a whole lot of uh, Max Perry here on the, on on the West Coast uh, as far as dances, and then of course we don't see a lot of. Uh, Alan Burchell or Neville and Julie, uh, Peter and Allison. So if we were to go over there, what are some that we should definitely learn because they're going to be played? <laughs> um, well, Alan Burchell, definitely somebody like you. Hmm. That's, uh, it's, it's a must-do dance in the UK. Everybody knows it. Okay. Not as much uh, mainland Europe, uh, but definitely that one. And then he did one um, years ago. Uh, what's it called? The, the 32 count uh, dance. It, he, I think, he received an, an award for it. Oh God, I can't remember it now. But the track is so good. But anyway, uh, yeah. But you know, somebody like you, uh, by him for sure. Um, 
what else? Oh my god. <laughs> I think Human Dancer is by one of them. Yeah, Human Dancer as well, uh, but more in the UK though. Okay. Yeah, the UK is a little bit different compared to to the other countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I think more because there are so many different clubs and so many experienced dancers in the UK, and they can. Oh my God! Sometimes when you go to the UK, they can remember millions of dancers. It's just amazing. Hmm. They, I, I see a lot of them. They've actually they bring their little books with them, and they write down all the dances being done at the events, so they can practice them. Hmm. So, so next time they go to the same event or to another event, they've practiced all the dances that they did at the at the previous event because they hate to just you know sit out. Right. They want to be on the floor. That's you know that's what they're paying for. They're Absolutely. they're paying to dance. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, the UK. They a lot of them. They are really diehards. Diehard for sure. Is there any foreign language line dance done anywhere that you're aware of? Uh, because it seems like everywhere that you go, it's mostly just English speaking songs. Mm-hmm. But occasionally you'll get uh, happy dance off, oh, oh, da, da, da. Uh, <laughs> and that's like what um, Afrikaans or something like that. Uh, you know, South African form of Dutch. And uh, I'm curious, like in Denmark, do they have any just like local, local musicians that they have line dances for? Yes, one by me. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean one of one of my first dances. Oh, okay, uh, I thought you meant like you sing. No, 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 no. Oh my God, no, no, no. One of my first dances was actually to a Danish artist uh, singing in Danish. Huh. Yeah, and uh, it actually became very popular. Uh, it's called. Hot, hot, hot. Hot, hot, hot. Yeah, like hot. They're just hot, hot, hot. All Three right. times hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was very popular. And if you ask me to do it now, I cannot remember because I did it back in 2003, so it's 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back in the days, it was very, very popular. And everybody did it for like three, four, five years. And everybody was singing along because it was in Danish. That makes sense. Yeah. Are there any bucket list countries for you that you really want to see in the line dance setting before... You retire? Oh my God! Before I retire, you make me sound old now. <laughs> well, I don't know. Rachel retired-ish. She stepped back. Guyton retired, and they're not old. Yeah. True, true. That is true. Um, bucket list countries. Uh, I would love to go to Thailand. That's a country that I haven't been to. Uh, where would I like to go to? Thailand, definitely. Yeah, it's the one country I haven't been to. I would love to do New York. R- Rosie, do you mm-hmm. hear me? Rosie, yoo-hoo. I would love to do New York. Uh, I've been to New York, but it's just like stopping over, uh, you know, f- flying, and then I had a long layover, but that was intentional because I wanted to see New York. Um, but I've been to, you know, I've been everywhere. I've been to Hawaii, to so many states in America. I've been to South Africa. I've been to all the countries in Europe. Uh, I've been to Australia, I've been to Japan, Malaysia, Hong Kong, Taiwan, Indonesia, uh, but Thailand, never been to Thailand. And I love uh, Thai food as well, so that's a place I'd love to go to. Hmm. Now, if one of these event managers wanted to send you an email, what is the best way that people could get in contact with you? Oh, definitely by email. Okay. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, what, would, what would that address be for people who are listening with their um, pen right Yes, now? so listen up, guys. My email address is nilsbp at gmail.com. You spell that N-I-E-L-S-B-P at gmail.com. 
But you can find that on, on all my step sheets anyway. So, what, is, what does the B stand for? That's my middle name. Right. Beer Quebec. Ha! I never use it because it's, it's so different. It's, it's hard to pronounce. And also, you know, people, they're struggling. They struggle saying Nils Paulson. So if I was to add Nils Beer Quebec Paulson, they'd be, uh, uh, pardon me, can you say that again? Mm-hmm. So just for easy, I, it's just Nils Paulson. Hmm. That's easier to pronounce. What does uh, your middle name mean if you translated that? It's actually, it, it consists, uh, consists of two words, Birke, Beck. Mm-hmm. Beck, that's the, a birch tree. Hmm. Beck, that's a stream. Huh. So it's like, you know, the birch tree standing next to a stream or, you know, being next to a stream. Very peaceful. <laughs> like Very that. peaceful, yes. And I know. here I'm stuck with the meaning of pearl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I never use it uh, because it's... Uh, and, and again, you know, uh, when traveling and people having to pronounce it and when I go to France, for instance, uh, they pronounce my name totally different. Is Nils Poulsen. Mm. Uh, and in, in, in America and UK, Niels mm-hmm. Paulsen. Uh, and you know, you know, different countries, different uh, pronunciations. So therefore, I just decided to drop my middle name, you know, in, in you know, in my professional life. If you were to speak a little Danish for us and just maybe describe the room, describe some different things in the room, <laughs> what would that sound like? It would sound silly. Um, <laughs> how about just a regular, like, how are you kind of greeting? Yeah. Okay. So in Danish, that would sound like this: Hi, what and how do they? All right, cool. But you know, typically, uh, every time we we meet uh, someone from abroad, and and, uh, and if they ask us to to test them, mm. I would always say which is just totally it's so hard to pronounce. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's like uh, it's like a porridge with you know, um, uh, like a, um, it's red. That's um, That's porridge. Mel, that's with. Fleur, that's cream. So it's like a uh, like okay. porridge with cream and something like that. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I learned something today. <laughs> uh, let's see. I think there's a, another question that I had. Oh yes, uh, about events. So here we are in you know a, a hospitality room mm-hmm. at, at this event. And I'm curious, is there anything that event directors do or have done that just makes life so much easier for you that that would be great if everyone did it well i like the fact that there are uh, other is a hospitality room um because because of all the travels and and you, you come to a new place uh, you don't know where to, to go and do your shopping and sometimes it's uh because you're under pressure you need to find a new place, and you're teaching, and you're socializing, and you, you need to get ready, and blah, 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 blah. If you also have to spend time focusing on where to buy food, you typically end up buying sandwiches and, and like, unhealthy food. Uh, so, so, therefore, I really, really appreciate uh, hospitality rooms, you know, uh, and just, like, normal, decent food, uh, because I think it's, it's important. Um, so that's one thing I really, really appreciate about uh, you know going to events hmm. that you're being taken care of basically uh, because you know you're in a foreign country like I am right now. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know I speak English, so it's not really a problem. I can just go to any any store and then do my shopping. Mm-hmm. But it's finding that store 
and uh, typically always compromising compared to what you would eat back home. Hmm. Uh, a couple questions for you before we send you back to your busy schedule. I'm curious, looking into the future of line dance, like the shiny, ideal utopia of line dance possibly in space, what do you see out there? What do you hope for line dance? Because in, in the time that you've been doing this, social media has become a thing, uh, video lessons, so many things that weren't possible when all of this started are now really taking off. Rebecca Lee puts out amazing demo videos where mm -hmm. she clones herself mm -hmm. and uh, has these transition effects. Just things that you couldn't have imagined um, back in the country bars. What would you like to see going forward? Uh, longer lifespans or you know, younger people getting into it? Uh, maybe I mean, people say that you know, it helps with memory. Yeah, like virtual, virtual environments. Yeah. What, what do you see for, for line dance? Well, you know, I've said this uh, for many years, and I, I still believe that we need more young people. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've known so many uh, of, of the line dancers, you know, for, for, for so many years now, and I, I see that a lot of line dancers, they're getting older and older, and so, yeah, we definitely need some, some younger dancers into our line dance world. And having said that, we also have to think how to do this. And therefore, I think it's so important for us to keep using uh, the music that they hear on the radio or YouTube, Facebook, and blah, blah, blah. So we have to make it contemporary. It is so, so important. I'm not saying that we should uh, get rid of country and, and some of the more, the more older styles and uh, kinds of music. But definitely open up and uh, open up, yeah, and not being too stuck and uh, one track minded, mm. for sure. Mm. So also in terms of styles, different dance styles. So at this event, we've got a lot of uh, young choreographers like Roy and Fiona, and when you see them on the floor, they are amazing, and they represent, uh, they so represent uh, the future. Um, of course, I can also see that they, when they're on the floor, they are so good at what they are doing, it can be a little bit intimidating. But at the same time, I know when I started, uh, uh, when I saw somebody like that, I remember when I saw Roy Fadonk doing Have Fun Go Mad, I was like, oh my God, I just so want to do that. Mm. So that way, we, we need uh, guys like Roy and Fiona and, uh, and, you know, to, to inspire and to motivate uh, younger dancers to come into our, our line dance worlds. Shane McKeever, for instance, Rebecca Lee. Um, so, so we need them. But at the same time, also, we have to respect the line dance is so versatile and uh, it, it's for everybody. So we need normal choreographers, normal dancers as well because they are role models as well. So, so but just the, the broad aspect, uh, but definitely we need some, some more younger, uh, we need uh, younger dancers and younger choreographers uh, for sure, because that will, I'm sure, that will uh, keep line dance uh, alive and kicking for many years. It's interesting what you say about having the normal, more relatable people still involved because I know Scott has mentioned that with his demos that he likes having different kinds of people demo dances with him so mm -hmm. that everybody in the audience is someone they figure 
you know, would be would move like them mm -hmm. that they can kind of connect to because mm -hmm. not everybody looks or moves like Scott. Mm -hmm. So if you see him do a dance, they well, there's no way I can do that. Mm -hmm. I'm a you know 45 year old female, uh, I don't know, you know, per worker at Safeway, and and I, I I move my body like once a week for a community center class, and he has been doing this for how many years? Like that's not even fair. Mm -hmm. But then if there's somebody who looks more like her, she thinks, oh, well, that's that's totally easy. Why didn't he just do that? Exactly. I, you know, I, I totally believe in that. So, when you see a demo like like, because I know that you you two guys you you often go on the floor, uh, and I think it's you know it, it makes people it makes it more believable. Um, so I think you know for demos for sure, but also for teaching for for choreographing and you know that you know different ages and uh, men women. Well, again, the, just the, the versatility of, of it all, I think it's so important. Well, I guess I have one and a half more questions for you. One is if there's a message you could deliver to all line dancers everywhere, just thing for them to, for them to kind of chew on, think about if they're driving right now, they can like pull over and, and stare into the sky and think about what you've said. <laughs> what is a message that you'd like to put out there for them? Uh, be uh, open-minded. Um, uh, be open-minded in terms of music and, and styles, and uh, never forget to have fun. And uh, yeah, I think that that's the most important things for me. Okay. And if, here's a tiny little blip of a question: uh, If there is a dance you could recommend everyone do right now, so just go out and learn this dance. You will be happier. You will be made into a better person for learning it. <laughs> learn. What dance? Oh my goodness! It can be new. It can it can be new. It can be old. It can be yours. It can be someone else's. Yeah, I mean one of my uh, all-time favorite dances. That's deeply, completely by Rob Fowler. It, it's a waltz. Uh, it's just so beautiful. The track is just so beautiful. It's country. So there you go. You know, I believe in all the all the modern things, but at the same time, you know, if music is good, music is good, no matter what. Uh, so again, being open-minded and and but a deeply, completely, an all-time favorite of of mine. Um, but there's so many, so many to mention. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for sitting down and chatting line dance with us here of course. today. It was a pleasure. And until next time, Megan and I will see, see you, you on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor.